This is 96.5's Family Worship. Heard Sunday mornings from 9 on Brisbane's 96.5. Good morning, I'm Neil Storey and it's great to be a part of Family Worship this morning and thanks for joining us. I'm one of the ministers at Budrum Uniting Church on the Sunshine Coast and this morning we're going to be looking at the idea that yes means yes and no means no. I wonder, do you remember the good old days? You know the days when people had wallets and purses and in them they had this strange thing called cash. Sometimes though the amount would be quite large that they had to pay or perhaps they weren't able to make it to the store and you'd have to pay with this strange thing called a cheque which of course led to the wonderful task which for many was an impossible task called reconciling the chequebook but that's a story for another day. Of course All of these things happened pre-COVID and long before we discovered the joys of internet shopping. In those days, many people had a kites with the local store. They'd ring up the supplier and order the goods, tell the supplier they'd send them a cheque to cover the costs. Now, the story often went like this. Supplier would faithfully fill out their part of the contract. Then a few weeks later, they would notice that the account had not been settled. So they'd get on the dog and bone the phone... And the conversation would go something like this. Hey, I noticed that we haven't received payment for the goods that we dropped off last month. To which the person would respond, I wrote a cheque for that. Haven't you received it? It must be in the mail. People told businesses this story so often that it became known as the world's greatest lie, the cheques in the mail. Perhaps the millennial version of the world's greatest lie is, let's do coffee I wonder how many times we have said, let's do coffee, when in reality we had no intention of ever doing so. Coffee, of course, is the adult version of a play date. And when Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, he says, And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now, you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh, for as long as there is jealousy and quarrelling among you. I wonder, how many of us are quarrelling with one another? I wonder how many of those arguments are because one or other, or perhaps both, are behaving like children. Paul reminds us, as he writes to the church of Corinth, that our relationship with Christ has to grow in the same way that we as individuals grow. The church is arguing over who they should follow. And in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. It's a very small line in the letter, but it's an important line. I'll just say it again. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. See, here we see Paul speaking to the church, using the analogy of a garden, explaining that each has a different role. It divides up the tasks. And I believe it's really important for us to understand that in God's kingdom, there is a job for everyone. Indeed, it is important that we understand what our job is, as God has uniquely equipped us for the place in which we have been planted. As I read Paul's letters for me, it's interesting to see Paul use stories in the same way that Jesus used parables. Why did Paul and Jesus use story as a way of communicating the answer? Well, it's quite simple. They were using a language that those that they were communicating with would understand. So often when we speak, 
We speak in a language that we understand. Communication, though, only works when the person that you're communicating with not only hears or receives the message, but they actually understand the message. I'm sure we've all been victim of the expert explaining something to us and feel that they're speaking a different language. I used to be a basketball coach. In basketball, you get the opportunity to call a timeout, to stop the game, to speak to your players. Now, the challenge is that you only have 60 seconds to communicate with your players. Five players who all react differently. To some of those players, I had to be the wise grandfather, the person who had been around since Noah was in short pants. To others, I had to be the friendly uncle who was always on the sideline cheering for them. For one player, their motivation was to prove me wrong as a coach and to get the best out of that player, I had to get them mad. I wonder, what is the language that we prefer? What is it that gets our attention and gets us to commit to doing something? What is it that makes our yes, yes? And is that the same language that the world uses? 1 Corinthians 3, 1-3, Paul says, You are jealous and argue with each other. This proves you are not spiritual and you are not acting like the people of the world. Here Paul lays it out very simply, telling the church at Corinth that they are behaving just like the world. And as we reflect on the behaviour of the world, we are reminded that as followers of Jesus, we are called to be different. Matthew chapter 5, we see Jesus bringing to life the Hebrew Scriptures, taking the people from what they know to a new world. We see Jesus say things like, You know our ancestors were told. You know the commandment which says. What we see here is that the subject matter that Jesus is talking about is really nothing new. It's something the listeners should be very much aware of. In reality, I don't think that much has changed in 2,000 odd years. But now for the new, Jesus says it's not just what you do that is important, but your thoughts as well. Jesus reminds them that he did not come to abolish the law, rather he came to fulfill it. The old rules stressed the importance of actions. Jesus, however, wants us also to be accountable for our thoughts. And just as what we feed our bodies affects our looks, what we feed our minds affects our actions. Matthew, in highlighting the story of Jesus, wants us to recognise that we are accountable for our actions. And that's a lot to ask. That we be accountable for both thought and deed, for both thought and action. But the reality is the Bible consistently asks us to be accountable. Let's do coffee. In our minds, we're saying, it's not going to happen. That's just as important as the not inviting the person in the first place. We are accountable to the world for our actions, but more than anything, we are accountable to ourselves and to God for our thoughts. And that is a lot to ask. Here in Matthew 5, the rules for how we should be interacting have been set. We're reminded it is not just the formal contracts that we sign that should dictate our actions. You know, it used to be said that a man's word was his bond. I'm not sure that remains true anymore. When we look at someone, though, we don't get to see what their thought pattern is. All we get to do is see their actions. We're reminded that our actions should be an example to the world. Our actions and behaviour 
are what the world sees and judges us on. When the world looks at a Christian, I wonder what they see in their actions. Do they see that their actions are only different to the rest of the world? If not, then we can only draw one of two conclusions. One, that all of the world is Christian, and therefore all the world's actions are Christians. I struggle to believe that that is true. The other alternative is that we're not living out the call that God has given to us. See, from the beginning of the Hebrew Scriptures to the end of Revelation, God consistently calls His people to be an example of the world, an example of how the world should behave. Is it fair that we're asked to be accountable for our words, thoughts and our actions? Maybe. After all, the only Christ that people see is the Christ in you. Christian means follower of Christ. As such, we would do well to remember Paul's words to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. So here's a challenge for you. Perhaps this week, you can invite someone for a coffee. Someone who you know is struggling. Someone who needs to feel God's love. And when you say, let's have a coffee, make sure you say when and where. Everyone has a job in God's kingdom, no matter what age, what gender, or any way of dividing people that you want to think of. Everyone at every stage of life has a job that God has set aside just for them. For there is only one of you, and we all have something unique to offer. And as you offer that up, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. I'm the Reverend Neil Storey from Budrum Uniting Church. We'd love to have you come and join us and explore what the gospel message means for you. We meet on Sunday mornings at 8.30am in Budrum, and on the first Sunday of the month at 5pm for Faith, Food and Fellowship where we explore together what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ over a meal. My prayer for you this morning is that you recognise God has equipped you to do the task that he has asked of you and know that no matter what happens, you're always a child of God and therefore always loved. 96.5's Family Worship broadcasts Sunday morning at 9 on the radio at 96.5 FM and online at 96FIV.com. This has been a 96.5 podcast production.